Welcome to Podcast of Horror 2 and our fourth episode in the special Halloween season series focusing on the Simpsons Treehouse of Horror specials. And it is another themed episode. I'll get to that in just a second. I am Matt. Joining me for this episode and for the run of the series are my co-host Dave. Nice melons. And Derek. <laughs> Hello, everybody. All right. This theme for this episode is celebrity guest. Pretty simple idea. Just pick an episode that has a celebrity voice in it. One way, well, I was going to say one way or another, it has to be their voice. And the only other caveat is is a segment we didn't have to do before, so we had a big uh, list to pick from. In fact, we even narrowed it down a little bit by saying no Marshall Wallace, and I hadn't even considered Phil Hartman, so that was kind of an unofficial rule for me. But still, I think we had some good stuff, because I had just watched these a few hours ago, and I had, I had a lot of fun with these. So let's get to it. We'll um, start with... Oh, I was going to ask a question. Do we know why Marsha Wallace was always listed as special guest? You know, it's, I don't know. That that I, That's a thought that did cross my mind when we discussed this. Like, why was she always special guest on every episode that she was on? Huh. We'll have to figure that out one day. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. So, there, there might... Yeah, you know, that, that, that wouldn't surprise me if there's an actual explanation of that. That's one thing... Uh, well, it's one of many things that that's the Simpsons uh, section of uh, Wikia is really good about that kind of detail. So I'm going to dig into that one day, but not right now, because <laughs> I'm going to talk about Survival of the Fattest. And this is from Treehouse of Horror 16, which is season 17 of The Simpsons, fourth episode. And here we go. This is something I was trying to allude to, but I couldn't quite express what I was trying to say in the draft. It aired on November 6th. Of 2015. This is during those dark, dark baseball years. What do you mean by dark baseball years? This is when baseball, the playoffs, and the championship would spill over into October and beginning of November and push the and play on Sunday nights every oh. night and push the Simpsons back, back, and back. And their Treehouse of Horrors wouldn't happen until after Halloween. Matt, you may be the only person that refers to pushing the Simpsons start back. As the dark, dark days of baseball. Well, when there's when you don't get the Halloween episode by Halloween, that's dark. Yeah, yeah. It always annoyed me that it came in November, but it's annoying. Yeah, that's a better way to say it. With with all the things that go wrong with baseball, the fact that they push back the Simpsons kind of makes me laugh. <laughs> yeah, and what I love about this is that not only do we have one of those years where it's pushed into November, and it's because of baseball, the opening of this makes fun of that outright i mean it's not subtle subtlety is out the window in this it is a baseball game being played on fox and it's exactly what baseball is to me every time i watch it on tv nothing is happening but the commentators are still talking non-stop and but not a damn thing has happened this whole time including the <laughs> batter stepping out of the box and putting a complete halt on everything and from space, it's Ken, Ken and Kodos are actually watching this, and they're as bored as I usually am. And they need to speed things up, or else the Simpsons Halloween episode won't air until Administrative Professionals Day, which I looked up, and is April 24th, for anyone who needs to mark their calendars. <laughs> and there's a great moment where I think it's Kang, just stares at the picture on the screen, and it's the picture, like, chewing bubblegum and blowing a bubble. It's like... Three full seconds of nothing happening, and he just loses it, and he decides to launch the Accelerate. He does. The game's faster, but it's still boring. 
So he orders it to go faster. Kodos warns that that is going to tear the fabric of the universe itself. And they do it anyway. And the accelerate accelerate ends up imploding the entire universe. But it's okay because Kang says he'll leave a note, which he does. And we get a post-it note of Treehouse of Horror 17 as our title screen. I I love that we we did get a baseball episode this year, so I could finally explain what I was trying to say in a draft, and then the fact on top of that, the opening makes fun of that whole those baseball preempted years. Yeah, I remember at least in college uh, having to wait. Like they they delayed them in the evening, like usually like the World Series or something would be on on Sunday, and the Simpsons would be delayed by an hour or two. But yeah, I don't remember them being pushed back weeks. That sucks. Yep, but. Yeah, I don't know why it doesn't happen. I mean, I'm not complaining. I'm like, I don't know what changed. I don't know why it happened during those years. I don't know if baseball's starting earlier now or if Fox isn't carrying all the games, maybe. I don't know. That is not even a topic for discussion. Let's get into the segments here. Survival of the Fattest. That's the one I picked. And I'll get to the celebrity voice when we get to his scene. So Survival of the Fattest, it starts off with a mysterious car with a big MB on the front. It's dropping off a mysterious envelope with a MB wax seal, and it turns out it's an invitation, and it reads, Dear Homer Simpson, Mr. Burns invites you to a hunting party at his private estate. Parenthesis, sinister laugh, close parenthesis. Lisa pleads for him not to go. Homer defends the, the, the trip by citing scientist uh, Black Angus, saying that animals don't feel death. And... At this point, Bart gets really upset, saying, No fair, Dad gets to kill wild animals, but I shoot one bird and I have to go to a psychiatrist. And then Marge throws out this kind of... Well, it's it's unexpectedly dark. That's what I'm trying to say. Dark joke where she says, "Mm, He still thinks that hobo was a bird. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Which is funny because there was an episode where he shoots a bird. Yeah, with Nelson. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I didn't think. Yeah, I didn't think that, of that. That, that puts an that. odd twist on that. <laughs> yeah, it does. Right. What was that hobo doing in the tree? <laughs> right. <laughs> so now we go to Burns Manor and we see a table full of the invitees. And I, I spent a lot of time figuring out who's at this table. Do you guys? Did you guys know, or did you just kind of just watch it the way a normal person should? I didn't uh, go back and look at them all. Yeah, okay. I, I recognized the ones. No. Okay, I did, and I'm glad I did because it'll be important later. At the table are Homer, Lenny, Carl, Moe, Barney, Skinner, Groundskeeper Willie, Otto, Apu, Chief Wiggum, Lou, the comic book guy, Ken Brockman, Kirk Van Houten, the blue-haired lawyer, Professor Frank, Dr. Nick, Mr. Largo, the music teacher, thanks to this series. I know that name now. Sideshow <laughs> Mel and Dr. Hibbert. Just... There won't be a test later, but this is going to be important later on in my notes. <laughs> and Burns, okay. well, what's that? I said, okay. Okay. <laughs> I have the and Professor Frank song stuck in my head. I just want you to know. <laughs> the uh, Professor and Frank, Professor Frank, and make you laugh and make you think that one? Yeah, yeah that one. And it's just I'm trying to drive it in there a little further for you. Okay. All right. So Burns welcomes everyone to the manor. And now it's time for him to explain why he summoned everyone here. And Mo responds to something that was, I'm pretty sure, particularly funny to me at the time. Oh, God, here it comes. Timeshare pitch. 
Well, I got bad credit, so the joke's on you. And I probably left more that then because I had worked for a timeshare company in the IT department, and I absolutely hated every second of that and every aspect of that business. So I was like happy there was a timeshare joke. But it's you don't need to work a timeshare to laugh at that timeshare. That's that's kind of a universal. Everyone knows why that's laughable. Yeah. So. And I've sat through one of those pitches. Oh, you have? Oh, God. I yeah. never. I, oh, I don't envy you. Yes. Yeah. Got, a, got a free weekend in Vegas, but. That's oof. true. Yep. It'll yeah. only take you an hour. That's what they promise. Oh, yeah. Two and a half. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Maybe? That's You got to have light. Yeah. Yeah. So Burns explains that they're here to participate in a hunt of the world's most dangerous game. And Barney says the world's most dangerous game. What's that? And for some reason, I, I had thought, because we kind of see his hand on the table. I thought we were going to see him like play like move a, a checker piece and the board like claps on his hand. Like I thought it was going to be a visual joke like that, but it's, I don't know why I remember why I thought that was going to happen having seen this before, but instead he leans back in front of a, uh, a plaque with his name on it, where his head will be in the future. And then cut over to Carl and Lenny who leaned back in the same position. I, I don't yeah. know which joke is better. And I don't know why I thought that like a deadly board game was going to be a joke here, but it, that popped into my head as I was watching this. Well, you do that podcast, so, you know. Yeah, I guess, yeah. <laughs> the board game body, yeah, right. So, um, Burns clarifies at this point, he's going to be hunting everyone at this party. And he's going to be fair. He's going to give them a five-minute head start. And at that point, they may commence running. And Comic Book Guy has a great comic book line, comic book guy line here, which is, Five minutes of running? Shoot me now. That's a good bit. I like that. Yeah. Now there's uh, kind of one, la- I don't know, rule or condition he throws out at, at the very end here. Anyone that survives till noon tomorrow wins their freedom. So now we know that they're they're running with a purpose, I guess is kind of what the setup for that is. There is a short bit here with the blue-haired lawyer asking what gives him the right to do this. And Byrne says, you tell me, I'm your lawyer. And the lawyer proceeds to type up a paper that should hold up in any court and... As he hands it to Burns, Burns shoots him. So now, at this point, I'm like, oh, I'm going to tally the bodies. So we got two for Burns so far. Two two dead. And that number yep. will rise, which is what I was alluding to in our last episode, that if, if Treehouse of Horrors was canon, there'd be no supporting cast after this episode. <laughs> right. It's true. Well, no male supporting cast. That's true, yeah. <laughs> yep. So now the hunted are on the run. Followed immediately by Burns in his Jeep, driven by Smithers. And I'm like, what happened in the five minutes? I'm assuming they must have wasted it with the blue-haired lawyer. Yeah, that and just finding the way out of the house, I guess. Oh, that's true, too. That could be. <laughs> that's a good one, too. Either one works for me. So, first up, Burns stops the Jeep. He smells fear mixed with curry, and he shoots a bush. We hear a poo go, uh-oh, and then he shoots the bush. And that was that's good. That was good. That's where Apu was hiding. He comes out, falls over. So now we're up to three body count. Apu's reincarnated as a rabbit, claiming you can't kill a Hindu. And he hops away and he gets his caught his tail caught in a bear trap. Now he screams, "Help me, Jesus!" Which uh, that's a good joke. But I actually would have rather him get stuck in the 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 trap because he says you can't get you can't kill a hindu well now he's trapped so it's like even worse than being killed i i I thought that would have been a better joke to end on but both work both are okay um burns is in hot pursuit of homer he's firing rounds off at him and we find out this is actually a broadcast we're watching because we get a title card of the world series of manslaughter (laughs) 
You're watching the World Series of Manslaughter, most violent TV spectacle since the Hip Hop Image Awards. Mom, Mr. Burns is gonna kill Dad. I should have known something was wrong when we got this week's TV guide. And she picks it up, and there's a picture of Homer. Basically, what we just saw: Homer trying to outrun an armed Mr. Burns. And it said the caption under it is great. It says, "Must flee TV." <laughs> there's a joke that won't play today. No, you're right. TV guide. <laughs> or must see TV. Yeah. Yep. Or network TV, for that matter. So we go back to the TV, and this is the part that made me pick this as my selection for this themed episode, because we get an analysis from Terry Bradshaw about the action. Terry? Well, conventional wisdom says good fleeing will always be good chasing. But the stats say, put your money on the guy with the gun. And in the background, Krusty is running by. And what I said earlier about that guest list was important because Krusty was definitely not at that table. I might have missed a couple, like, human, or not, well, oh, human, but a couple normal residents of Springfield because of the yellow skin that could have blended in, but there was no white-faced, green-haired face at that dinner table. So he wasn't even at the dinner. That's why I said this was important. Oh, that's funny. Yep. Wow. And this isn't the only one. There's going to be more. Maybe he was at the kitty table in the other Yeah, room. I, I mean, I'm assuming there <laughs> maybe there was like a, a very large party going on, and this was just this this those particular 20 characters sitting of dinner. But I was like, I was like, hey, wait a minute. That's when I obsessively went through each scene to see who was at that table and went, nope, he wasn't there. And Burns shoots him. He tries to get one last joke in. Dying is just like golfing, except in golf. Yeah. Oh, you hate to see that. That's the kind of showboating that'll turn people off this sport. <laughs> I thought that was that was like great. We're never gonna hear that joke, and it's a golfing joke. It's I don't know yeah. why it being a golfing joke made me laugh, but I I did. I thought that was pretty funny. Well, you love golf so much. Oh yeah, oh, my favorite. <laughs> but I love the uh, I love the commentary on that scene as well. <laughs> Terry Bradshaw calling it showboating. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> ah, you hate to see that. So now at this point, Burns's body count is up to four. We see Homer is still on the run, and let's let's face it, by all rights, he should have had a massive coronary by now. But as we said, <laughs> Treehouse of Horrors is not canon. Homer makes it to a tree, and in the tree are Mo, Lou, Kent Brockman, Doctor Hibbert. Chief Wiggum, Dr. Nick, uh, Kirk Van Houten, Professor Frank, and the guy that says, yes, who is not at the dinner. There's another one. <laughs> I also but, don't think most of those people could climb a tree. <laughs> this is true. Mo. And uh, that's it. Mo. <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe Kirk. I doubt it. No. No. So Mo calls down and he says, Mr. Burns is coming. You know, climb up. So he starts to... And this is a great visual gag. I'm going to do my best to describe this. Homer climbs up just a little bit, slips, grabs a branch, which ends up bending the tree back. The branch breaks, so the tree snaps to the other direction, basically making it a catapult and throwing everybody that was hiding out of there like a set of clay pigeons in front of Mr. Burns, with Mo screaming, Are you fatties? <laughs> yeah. So as they fly by, Burns picks another six of them out of the air. He actually uh, misses Mo, but Mo lands on a weather vane on a nearby house. And in his dying moments, he scratches off a lottery ticket that had in his 
pocket and turns out it's a million dollar winner and he starts to say if i can just get up and he starts to try to pry himself off the weather vane and just as he does he's thwarted by which looks to me to be an extra fat chief wiggum landing on top of him he did look pretty fat, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know he's he's a fat cop, but this was like a little, this is like even fatter. And you almost felt good for Mo for a second there. I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. if he gets out of this, he's rich. But no, nope. Uh, so that's 10. Now, not counting Mo and uh, Wiggum because he didn't shoot him. So that's 10 for Burns if we're going by shooting. Uh, in the woods, we're around a campfire and Homer is gnawing on a bone and Lou says, uh, is it no? It's uh, not Lou. It's um, Lenny. Lenny says Burns has only been hunting us for six hours, and you've already resorted to cannibalism. And he tosses the bone onto an already larger pile of Professor Frank bones behind him. And I saw that, and I feel like this joke has been made not. I mean, not only just this time, but like several times in the Simpsons history, like where Homer goes without food for a very short amount of time, and and starts diving into extreme forms of sustenance or is that just my imagination well there was the boat there was uh when he was protesting the baseball team moving okay right yeah i mean there's the one we talked about earlier in the previous episode of him uh getting his arm chopped under a rock and biting yeah. his limbs off yeah okay and then, I just, and there's another treehouse of horror where he eats all his limbs which was yeah was yeah good. Yeah, that one. Yeah, that was on my short list for of bad ones. Yeah, I, I don't know too. if I picked the bad. I don't know if I, let's not relive that. That's uh, <laughs> yeah. so. I didn't mind that one actually. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that one just made me uncomfortable. I, I guess I'm kind was, of sick and twisted that way. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if it was badly written or or that. It just made me uncomfortable. So I didn't. Yeah, I didn't feel. I don't know what. Uh, eh, maybe maybe next season. So. uh Burns comes diving in in a biplane, and he mows down everyone but Homer. So that's Lenny, Carl, Sideshow Mel, Groundskeeper Willie, and Mr. Largo. So now we're up to 15 body count. As Lenny's dying, he sees heaven. Carl asks what he looks, what it looks like, and it's it's just basically a almost endless tunnel of Carl angels waking him up for work. That's Lenny's idea of of heaven. Seems yeah. appropriate, I guess, for Lenny. Yeah, yeah. I, my idea of heaven would never have the word "get up" for phrase "get up for work" in it ever said. But that's just me. I don't think that's just me, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so morning, or at least daytime. I'm going to guess it's morning or close to noon. Uh, Burns and Smithers are tracking Homer, and Burns has his gun, and there's a nice little bit with a I don't know bit, but a visual of of uh, Smithers carrying a golf bag full of all different kinds of deadly weapons burns this is interesting because burns calls homer out by name or at least simpson he calls him simpson and it's a rare if night not isolated incident of mr burns actually knowing who homer is well then it's definitely uh, not canon yeah right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i didn't pick that up that's a good point yep so in the shadows of the tree burns sees homer stands up and he shoots him but we pan up and see that it's, or we we get closer and pan up, and we see it's actually Barney's corpse that Homer put his clothes on, and he's working the body like a marionette. And Homer laughs that he's <laughs> smarter than Mr. Burns and safe and yada, 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 to the point where he laughs himself out of the tree, lands face first in front of Burns and Smithers. Burns asks Smithers if there's room in the 
head bag and Smithers says he can make room and he throws out the sea captain's head so poor sea captain another just uh, just a he's character fodder in one of these things he, he'll, he'll never survive and another point sea captain was not at the dinner yeah, right <laughs> <laughs> And then uh, Burns has Homer in the gun sight, and we hear a clang, clang, and both Smithers and Burns fall over, and we see Marge with two frying pans in her hand. Homer is happy, saying, Marge, you saved me, and she, she smacks him on the head. He asks why. He says, because she was, he was out for 18 hours without calling, but he can't stay mad at her, especially when the pan smells like sausage and onions. They kiss. The camera pulls back. And we're back to the World Series of Manslaughters and the commentary wrap-up. Terry Bradshaw, your thoughts on what just transpired? Well, it's a disgrace, Roger. This network will show a dozen gruesome murders, but I bet they cut to commercial before these two begin the tender act of love. I spoke too soon, huh? There they go. Whoa, that's going in my playbook. (laughs) (laughs) And that is Survival of the Fattest. So I, I... the Terry Bradshaw thing is why I picked it, but I do remember seeing this before and, and thinking he had some good laughs. And I actually, I still enjoy it. And I actually had more fun this time around when I realized that all the characters he killed weren't at that dinner. It's not an important detail by any means, but it made it more fun for me, like tracking these characters. It's just, you know, one of those little, little things that almost making it a, a game out of it. So um, not a classic, but it had enough chuckles, certainly more than some that came after, and even a couple before it. And with that, I'm going to say it's a strong three and a half. I, I wanted to give it a four when I was reviewing it, but I'm, but I'm like, I bet I want to give it a four because I kind of added an element to it that wasn't really intended to do, and that's probably where that extra half point is coming from. So I'm going to try to curb that be a little more realistic and say this is about a 3.5 but i did really enjoy this viewing of this one yeah i i like this one i actually um this, there's a line that uh, cracked me up when they were uh, sitting around the table i think lenny says to carl or carl says to lenny like what, what kind of a motive do you think he has ulterior yep <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those i mean that's a that's a very simpson style joke which which works usually um yeah i i give it a four i i i enjoyed it quite a bit okay yeah i i definitely enjoyed this one um it reminds me of this really bad movie called surviving the game ice tea's in that or something it's it's ice tea and john c mcginney from scrubs oh my god (laughs) yeah um and I, it, I, I like that movie. It's bad, but I liked it. Um, I, I love these these things where like you just get a whole bunch of random characters doing an event. Like it reminds me of um, the um, office exercise outing where they all had to get up to the cabin. Mm-hmm. So they were all yeah. <laughs> they were all peeling off and teaming up. Um, so yeah, I would go with a three and a half on this. I definitely enjoyed this one. Okay. Oh, not bad. Cool. All right. Well, Derek, why don't you tell us about your celebrity appearance pick segment? Uh, I will. Uh, Wait, who was your celebrity in that one? Mine? Yeah. Terry Bradshaw. Oh, Terry Bradshaw. Right. Yep. (laughs) We call him a celebrity. It was the guy that says, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So for my celebrity guest, I went with... 
Uh, Treehouse of Horrors 28 from season 29. Uh, episode is, or the segment is Cora Lisa, and it is Neil Gaiman as Snowball number two. Um, before I get into that, I just wanted to tell you that the, the opening for this is very, very weird. Um, the family is all types of candy in a giant <laughs> bowl, and it's some weird kind of like really glossy claymation. Yeah. Um, Homer is an O-Homie. Marge is a Marge bar. Of course, Bart is a barter finger. Lisa is an apple because she's a square. Um, and Maggie is a ring pop, which seems perfect for her. Um, you also yeah. get like grandpa as a senior mint. <laughs> yeah. And there's, there's a handful of other ones, but you can go look for yourself. Um, and they're all kind of like playing like Hunger Games or something where they're all kind of waiting to see who gets picked off next. And they're all hoping that they stay together. And by some miracle, they all do end up sticking together. And then they get put on a shelf next to a chocolate Easter bunny who says, you'll be stuck up here forever and they'll forget about you and starts lamenting. As the candy bar Homer starts eating the candy bar rabbit, the rabbit's screaming and Lisa's like, Dad, please, I can't take this. This is horrible. So Homer bites the rabbit's mouth to shut him (laughs) up. It's just really weird. And the animations are like really cool because it's like I said, it's like this like glossy claymation. I I can't quite describe it. You have to go look at the pictures. It's just it it looks like the uh, California Raisins Holloway holiday special. It does. Yeah, you know, (laughs) right. Kind of reminded me of that. um, Was it Sausage Fest movie? The uh, oh yeah, yeah. Seth Rogen. Yeah, yeah, definitely weird. So it's worth checking out. That that's kind of funny. So Coralisa is a spoof on Coraline, which was a book and a a 3D stop-motion movie. The book, oddly enough, was written by Neil Gaiman, who does the voice of Snowball 2 in this. So it just seemed appropriate. We start out with some Coraline-style animation. And Coraline's basically the story of a little girl who wants to go live you know, doesn't like her family, wants to go live with another family, goes through this portal and finds this perfect family with with eyes, buttons on their eyes and whatever she can imagine is the perfect family is what they are. And of course, things always never look as they seem. And anyway, it's it's a good book and it's a creepy movie. So you get like Lisa in that Coraline style. Um, you get a, a robot hand sewing her sweatshirt to say Coralisa on it. Uh, and then the robot hand takes her to the guillotine, cuts her head off, to which she picks her own head up and puts it in the recycling bin. Um, <laughs> yeah, of because, course she does. Because <laughs> it's Lisa. And then you cut back to normal uh, normal Simpsons cartooning. And that was weird, because like, a lot of these segments don't have a, an involved intro like that. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Yeah, this one was definitely... they they. This was last year, and they, they clearly spent some money on this one. The the family's sitting around the kitchen table, and Lisa asks if anybody wants to go pick up litter at the park with her. Now, she already knows the answer is no, but she figured she'd ask anyway. This is my second episode in or segment in this series that has a callback to the previous segment. So, anyone want to pick up litter at the park today? How about you, Maggie? She's still got a touch of Pazuzu. At least she never threw up. That's just great. Everywhere but the sink. 
Yeah, I have that note. I, I was sure you were going to say it, but I just in case you didn't, I had the so, note. Yep. <laughs> in the previous segment, Maggie gets possessed by the devil. Uh, I forget what the name. Oh, uh, Pazuzu. Yep. Um, and at the end of the uh, at the end of that episode, they're like, "Well, at least Maggie didn't vomit." So Maggie's sitting at the kitchen table and just starts violently projectile vomiting to the point where it shoots her out of the room. And it's just projectile vomit coming in. And Marge just looks at it and goes, everywhere, everywhere but the sink. And anybody that's been been with a baby that's been very ill like that, yeah, it gets everywhere. It's gross. Um, so Lisa heads up to her room and starts packing her backpack for her day out, picking up litter. And she says to herself, maybe I was born in the wrong family, which she says quite often in this show. Um, <laughs> Snowball 2 is seen scratching at the wall behind the door, and Lisa walks over to see what's going on, and here he has found a secret door. Lisa yells, We don't have smoke alarms, but we have this? Smoke is its own alarm! <laughs> yeah. So Snowball 2 pops the door open by scratching at it, and starts going down through you know runs through the door uh lisa starts to follow and finds herself walking down this mysterious tunnel but she's crawling because it's very small uh so she's going down this mysterious tunnel and looking around and she's trying to figure out where she is and snowball two turns around and in the voice of neil gaiman says sometimes tiny doors lead to big opportunities (gasps) you can talk indeed for centuries, the cat has been the symbol of intelligence, the other world, savoir faire. Oh, shiny! And starts chasing the flashlight. Where'd it go? There it is. Oh, there it is. Snowball gets fed up with this and says, uh, let's go meet your other family. <laughs> uh, Lisa runs past him in excitement uh, to go meet her other family, and Snowball replies, Already the talking cat isn't the most interesting thing. That's a good line. I like yeah. that. Especially with his delivery, yeah, exactly. That's really that really helps yeah. the entire snowball char- talking snowball character. Yeah, uh, Lisa opens another door and crawls into the Cora Lisa world, which is you know a very stop motiony kind of. It looks like everything's made out of yarn, and looks uh, looks at the camera and says, "For a Halloween show middle segment, this is amazing." <laughs> Which I love the fact that they did a fourth wall break and that it was Lisa who did it. You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. So Lisa walks into the kitchen and her perfect family is all sitting around the kitchen table. Nobody's looking at her yet. Uh, They all look up and they've got pink button eyes. Lisa screams uh, in pure terror and uh, Marge walks up to her and asks, would you like tofu or would you like kale for breakfast? Lisa asks, you know, isn't even phased by the fact that Marge would ask this and says, what's up with the button eyes? And Marge says, well, not everybody has button eyes. Some people have button mouths. And then you see Millhouse jump up to the kitchen window with a button mouth on. And for some reason in 2017, he's yelling, what's up? Uh, Kids that are listening, go on YouTube and, and look up what's up. That's uh, a, that's a joy of Millhouse. It's like the the less relevant his references are, the better for his character. Yeah. Marge pulls out an ironing board which has a keyboard on it. Uh, Bart starts to make a base out of a broomstick, and Homer spreads all these pans out on the floor. And Marge says, "Hey, Lisa, do you want to jam with us?" 
And Lisa's completely befuddled by this and says, you guys want to play jazz? And they're like, yeah, of course we do. So they all start playing and they're really good. And Lisa remarks that you guys are so good, but you're not as good as me. I wish I could stay here forever. Homer tells her that, of course, she can stay there forever, but they're going to have to sew buttons on her eyes. Uh, Which Grandpa walks up with buttons on his eyes, shaking like a leaf and (laughs) sticking a needle towards her eye. (laughs) Uh, Lisa screams and runs because she's not an idiot uh, and gets back to her room and Homer's standing in her room. Oh, sweetie, you're just in time. I killed a snake with your saxophone. Can you blow its head out? Here, let me just wipe the blood off the mouthpiece. I don't know why I love that so. The the whole killing it with a snake and it's stuck in there and he needs it to blow the body out. That's just, yeah. oh, I love it. Like, I don't even know how he managed to kill it with, <laughs> right, with the yeah. saxophone, with the snake inside the phone. <laughs> exactly. He's got to clean the blood off of the mouthpiece. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh, Homer. So Homer says this, and they instantly flash back to the other world, and Lisa's like, buttons, please. <laughs> yeah. They flash on the house, and uh, the words, a few days go by, come up on the screen, or a few days later up on the screen, and Homer notices that something's missing. They're all sitting around the kitchen table, and he goes, Didn't we have a kid between Bard and the baby? Little smarty pants. Plays the flute, I think. Marge tells him that Lisa's been missing for several days and that the police have been no help. Wiggum walks into their house and says, that's not true. We reassembled that high chair. The high chair then breaks and Maggie projectile vomits all over Wiggum. (laughs) So callback number two from the one episode. Yep. Mm -hmm. Homer's like, okay, we got two kids now. Um, Everything that lives Lisa's can go to Maggie except for Lisa's homework, which could go to Bart. Which is terrible that Homer's just like, all right, we got two kids now. No yeah. big deal. You know, whatever. We'll pu- roll with the punches. <laughs> so uh, Bar- uh, Homer says that all of Lisa's homework will go to Bart. Bart's like, uh-uh, that's not going to happen. And jumps into the portal screaming a cowabunga, which we probably haven't heard from him since season two. The perfect Marge is uh, sewing buttons on Bart's eyes. Uh, and Bart found his way because he followed the cat, but he didn't know that the cat talked. Lisa said, oh, did the cat tell you how to get here? And now Snowball 2 like, oh, great. Now I'm going to have to talk to him, too. Yeah. Uh, Homer and Marge are standing in Lisa's room in the regular world, and Homer, Homer believes that the kids aren't coming back. Marge asks, how can you be so calm? I bore both those children. Hey, your stories aren't great, but I wouldn't call them boring. That's a pretty good line, too. Yeah, that, yeah that's that's a great joke, uh, especially for Homer. That's a great joke. Um, Marge crawls into the portal, and Homer and Snowball 2 are just sitting in Lisa's room waiting. Snowball 2 gets fed up with him and eventually says, you've finally done it. You've lost your family for good this time. And Homer goes, wait, you could talk on this side, too? Which is confusing because Homer didn't know that the cat could talk at all. And he doesn't oh, know yeah. that there's another side. Yeah, I didn't. That went right past me. Didn't even notice that detail. Snowball says that he doesn't talk in this realm because it makes the dog feel inferior. <laughs> which then the dog looks up from his sleep and kind of growls at him. Homer squeezes through the portal uh, and he asks why this world, why the perfect world is better than the regular world. And Perfect Marge says that in this world, Homer, uh, Perfect Homer doesn't pass gas. To which they say, that was a three-button job. Mm-hmm. 
So another Homer farting reference. Yeah. Um, that last episode. As you say, yeah. as long as if we only had three buttons. Yeah. Right. A week ago. Perfect. Marge says to Homer, Hey, you, you feel like having two wives? You can uh, watch football and talk to me at the same time and, you know, be distracted and, Perfect Bark makes some comment about, oh, yeah, that's just what we need. We need to make Homer more lazy. Uh, Homer strangles Perfect Bart to the point where his head actually falls off because, mm-hmm. like I said, they're all felt or yarn. Perfect Homer starts chasing regular Homer, but because he's got buttons on his eyes, he can't see where he's going, and he lands into a pair of scissors in his chest, mm-hmm. killing Perfect Homer. Perfect Marge suddenly turns into a spider. And is about to attack them. Uh, Homer yells, Spider wife, dead son, two little girls with button eyes. I think this marriage is finally out of its rut. (laughs) He's like just the worst freaking husband. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All of a sudden we flash back to normal world and Homer and Marge are snuggling on the couch. Meanwhile, Spider Marge is doing all of the housework. Uh, And... Perfect Bart, or not Perfect Bart, the the Bart that lived, is reading a comic book, but with button eyes. Mm -hmm. Um, Homer's all excited because he got Perfect Homer to go do all of his chores, so Perfect Homer actually survives. Perfect Homer comes busting in, and he's like, I was just at a parent-teacher conference, and... Bart drew this picture of his family! Now we're getting visits from a social worker and an exterminator. Spider March pulls out a gun, a knife, and a chainsaw and says, I'll be ready. Uh, Apparently, they're just going to kill everybody. Yeah, right. (laughs) So Lisa's sitting next to Perfect Grandpa and says, well, she learned that no matter how bad things are, they can always get much, much worse. And for absolutely no reason, Nelson walks in with a zipper on his mouth and Lisa opens it up so he can say, ha, and then zips it up again so he muffles the second ha. And that's it. Mm. This goes back to one of our previous episodes where you say they got to a point where they didn't know how to end it. Yes. yes. That I'll agree with. Yes. Um, overall, I really enjoyed this episode. Um, it's weird. It's really, really weird. Uh, I've read the Coraline book many years ago and it's weird. I never saw the movie though. I love Neil Gaiman and I think he's kind of the perfect voice for Snowball too. And I like, I like the idea of, you know, Lisa's, you know, Lisa's always so kind of like high and mighty on her family, you know, and like, Oh, I'm, I deserve better than this. And to see what better is and then realize that eh, maybe it's not too bad on our side. It's, it's kind of a good life lesson. Um, I'd probably give it a three. Yeah, um, I'm also, I like Neil Gaiman. I don't always like the stuff that comes, that gets translated from his books into movies. Um, <clears throat> although I have high hopes for the Good Omen series coming out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, me too. Yeah. That's, yeah, Christy is chomping at the bit for that, for the story yeah. and for David Tennant. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, this was pretty good. It, it, like you said, it had a weak ending. Uh, there were some good bits in the middle. Um, it was super weird. And uh, so, yeah, I gave it a three as well. All right. Um, I've not seen the source material. Carolyn. Yeah, that it's Carolyn is the movie, right? Yes. Yes. Coraline. 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 Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Coraline. Um, either. So I didn't recognize the references, but with that, I still really liked it. I, 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 
I know we've said Homer's a terrible father in this or her husband, but I always love when any of the kids are missing for an extended period of time and he immediately forgets that their name and if he even really had one. Yeah. yeah. That happens all the time. I like that. We're unanimous on Gil, uh, Gil Gaiman. Neil Gaiman. Uh, love his work. Love that he did the voice for this. And it is a perfect voice for a cat. I mean, that's, I yeah. think, how cats probably would sound if they talk. That, uh, that, posh accent and he wasn't really uppity but uh, our our cats would be if they had that accent because my cats are assholes uh (laughs) and oh again what i was going with this i'm sorry not having not seen the movie i really like the look of the other family i kind of trailed off there i like i I think i enjoyed looking at this more than watching it if that's if you get what i'm saying the style of it is really really well done yeah i you know like Dave was saying at the beginning, it's it, that stylized open is something that you don't usually see. Yep. Yeah. I I liked looking at this, and I do love that once the real Homer got involved, things turned to crap. Because yeah. Yeah, that, that's, that's just <laughs> the way it goes. Um, but the ending, uh, that's probably the weakest part. And all in all, I, I give it a three as well. I, we are exactly the same across the board on this. So, yep. That was fun, though, because I, I, I had not watched this one before. Because I don't know the story at all. I didn't even bother watching it for my picking what I was going to do in the next five years. So I'm glad you picked this. I got to see it because it, this was all new to me. So I, I enjoyed the chance to see this. So good pick, Derek. Well, thank mm-hmm. you, sir. All right. And that leads us to Dave with your celebrity right. episode. <clears throat> my celebrity pick was The Others, Treehouse of Horror 25. Of course, season 26. It aired on October 19th, 2014. Uh, and I hadn't seen this one. This was one of those that I had watched for this podcast because it was in the last five years. Um, the episode opens with a live from Rigel 7, and it begins to list a bunch of celebrities who are going to be on this Halloween special, but it turns out they're just a list of guest stars that are killed and mounted on a wall to shape out the words Treehouse of Horror 25, which is, you know, cute. It's a cute short opening. And then uh, since I didn't, I wasn't sure what order, like where the others was coming, I didn't have the wiki page up, so I didn't know if it was first or second or third. I just kind of let the thing play. And I didn't see the title of the first one. I had forgotten what the others was about. So I basically took notes on the wrong one. (laughs) (laughs) I watched the whole thing of the one where Bart goes to hell and taking notes on that. Uh, school is hell. That's what it's called. Mm. And uh, I was like, hey, this is really funny. And then I realized, oh, wait, this is the wrong one. I'm like, huh, why didn't anybody <laughs> pick this one? This was good. <laughs> but I, I remembered that it was on my short list. So anyway, so I went back and watched the others. Uh, so we start with Homer going to the bathroom mirror and he sees help me written in blood. Stupid blood asking me for a favor. <laughs> so he writes no in toothpaste with three exclamation marks. And the blood changes to say three exclamations. That's excessive. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's not top, so he, top of the muffin to you. Oh, I'm writing the Seinfeld reference we started with earlier on there before we recorded that no one heard. Okay. I'll probably yeah. have to cut that out now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so uh, he goes downstairs and Marge is complaining because there's these mystery uh, chocolate something milkshakes that have appeared in the kitchen. And then the TV is only playing Married with Children. I love when they do a Married with Children gag. Yeah. They were like rival shows for so long. It's, and Married with Children was one of the lo- longest running shows when it when it finished in its 10th or 11th season or whatever it was. But, you know, Simpsons is now in 26, 27. Um, 
And it's kind of funny because the TV only shows Married with Children, but as he changes channels to like different channels, the it's still Married with Children, still the same scene, but they're different. Like on uh, the Animal Channel, you know, they're animals, and on the History Channel, they're something else. So it's it's a it's a little it's a cute gag there. Yeah. Um, and then Marge goes, "Oh, the mis- the milkshakes have vanished," and it's like cut to Homer just slurping them down. Yeah. <laughs> That happens for real in my house. <laughs> <laughs> Cut to uh, their Marge and Homer in bed, and Homer says something about, it feels like there's someone in here with us, and then it's Grandpa. I was sleeping in the dryer and got caught in your sheets. Just can imagine, like, <laughs> Marge carrying all that upstairs and making the bed with Grandpa. <laughs> so she, she leaves to make the, cap, make the couch up for him, and then a ghostly Marge starts to fondle Homer. And then the bed starts floating, and you can see underneath the bed is a whole bunch of garbage, which is pretty typical, I would think. And then the Homer says, the bed is lifting me. The elevator at work can't even do that. <laughs> I, I demand you put me right down, or down, right after the sex. And then the, the bed drops before the sex, and of course, dope. They, the family gets together and lights a bunch of candles and tries to summon whoever's in the house with them. And uh, Homer realizes that he's using the uh, car what is it the car seller's bible and oh, yeah. like, oh, oh well <laughs> the power of chrysler compels you That's a, I, I like that line i mean it's yeah, a, dumb, a good line but i liked it <laughs> yeah uh so we see ghosts of the original simpsons family from tracy ellman show and maybe even the first couple se- first couple episodes what are you capemen turn on the lights Hey, a little respect. Take a picture to last longer, man. I don't know if that if did that style exist in the first season, or did they change them already? No, it was it was a little cleaner in the first season. Not yeah, much, yeah. but a little bit. Yeah, yeah. It was more of and I it, think a voice change from season one to two than right. a style change. Right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so this is original animation, original voices. Like they have the thing where like Bart says something and his eyes go one way and his mouth goes the other way, and <laughs> there's these little animation bits that they used to use in the beginning that they, they got away from and he's doing the burping and uh, you know and Lisa's like that's unmotivated and you know cowabunga don't have a cow just all, all the catch stuff from the early early shows so uh, Homer starts flirting with uh, I'll call her Proto Marge so yeah things aren't perfect with the missus and me and uh, by the way nice melons and he's <laughs> He's looking at her breast, but it turns out that he's looking through her to a pair of uh, cantaloupes on the kitchen ta- kitchen counter. <laughs> and he's like, I can't believe you wasted our money on fruit. <laughs> <laughs> so then since Homer's getting into other Marge, uh, Marge decides to kill herself. She sticks her head in the oven and decides to clean it while she's in there. Uh, but then she dies and she appears. So Homer's uh, Homer's in the bathtub and he's talking to proto Marge and then Marge shows up and they're having a little discussion. Well, hello. Ah, a ghost. I feel like a ghost the way you haven't been paying attention to me. Plus I'm dead. Then proto Homer comes in with a, with a toaster and is going to kill Homer. And of course you think he's going to drop it in the water, but he just, bashes homer to, to death with it on the head <laughs> and he's like mm, i smell toast <laughs> <laughs> so then 
you know, Lisa's like, well, we're left. We're the ones left, Bart. I guess if we divvy up the chores, we can make this work. And Bart, Bart's like, no way, man, I'm out of here. And he, he jumps out the window. And Lisa's like, well, I'm not going to do this by myself. So she jumps out the window only to realize that uh, Bart had jumped into a tree branch. And, but Lisa's now a ghost. Bart's like, hey, I'm the last uh, Simpson. She goes only in IQ. <laughs> and she takes his uh, slingshot and shoots him out of the tree. So now they're both dead. And they look down to their bodies and see Willie dragging them away with Maggie's body. And he's saying, he's mumbling to himself, well, at least I got some uh, stew for tonight. <laughs> and they're like, well, who killed Maggie? And Willie, Willie kind of looks shiftily from side to side and scurries off. That is that is great. The, that whole him stopping, the way they animated that look on his face, and then the speed they made him walk away was perfect. I love that bit. Yeah. That was good. So back up in the bathroom, everybody's a ghost now, and uh, Doctor Marvin Monroe shows up. <laughs> that was good too. <laughs> only, only one missing was uh, Bleeding Gums Murphy. Oh, I can't do Bleeding Gums Murphy. Oh no, no, oh, yeah. I meant the I meant <laughs> oh, the, yeah, uh, the ghost, the appearance, for, for who dead characters, for, yeah, who died in the first yeah. season or two, and that right? was a good impression too. Sorry, I didn't mean to <laughs> say it wasn't right. So. Uh, yeah, he, he shows up, and he complains that he's stuck in some sort of limbo. He can start to go through walls, but he gets stuck. Uh-oh. Oh, now I'm going to have to look at that every morning. So the Marges talk to each other and are like, well, we can't fight. Let's just let Homer choose. And Proto-Marge makes an argument, but then real Marge says, you know, you should choose me because I've seen, I know everything you've done, and I still want to be with you, and that wins him over. And, uh, you know, everyone thinks that's sweet and all the families make up and they're sitting down to breakfast or something. And uh, Lisa says, I just had a worrisome thought. If there can be two incarnations of The Simpsons, why couldn't some evil marketing entity produce millions of others? All right, Simpsons, welcome to our new home. Mm-hmm. Cue the door opening and uh, a parade of Simpsons. So the first one is a 3D computer animated ones come in and uh, this is where the guest is. It's a John Ratzenberger as Homer's voice saying, all right, Simpsons, welcome to our new home. And then, I don't know, maybe in a nod to Poochie, Santa's little helper says, yo, yo, Santa's little helper in the house. I guess, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Nobody should honor Poochie. No. No. <laughs> so then cut to outside. Well, no, I guess... We're still inside, and this anime Simpsons family comes in, and um, yeah, that's fine. Cut, cut to outside, and there's an Adventure Time theme family. There's a South Park ones. There's Archer. There's Lego. There's Minions, and there's the animal ones from when they were on the island of Doctor Moreau or whatever. I, I almost, yeah. I almost missed that. I rewound it to see what yeah. the Lego one was because that, like, zip by, I couldn't tell what it was, and then it kept playing. I was like, "Oh, I missed that! I almost missed that. That's a nice little bit." Yeah, and that's right at the end before it cuts. Yeah, um, and yeah. there's one more in there that I look. I just looked at it. and I was like, I don't know what that is, so I had to look it up. And it's this an animator named uh, Sylvian Chomet, and he did a couch gag for The Simpsons. I don't know a year or two ago. And uh, this this guy who uh, the only thing I recognize from him is he did the movie The Triplets of Belleville, which I have seen. Is this the, you know, the the one where they all had like glasses and stubble or something? Is that the one you're talking maybe, about? And they were like all pencil, French. That's yeah, what they were. Pencil mustache. <laughs> that's what they were. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's a French uh, animator. Yeah. I didn't realize they were. Yeah. That's what they were supposed to be. But okay, <laughs> okay. all yeah. right. Triplets is a weird little movie. It is. Um. Yeah, and then it's weird because they they cut to credits for like two credits, and then they cut back 
to uh, Proto Homer trying to take a picture of both families <laughs> together. Okay, hold still. This is the last picture on the roll. Isn't it about time you went digital? Watch your mouth, you little smartass. Yeah, Bart. Nothing's gonna ruin this one. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. As we've seen, you know, from very early on in The Simpsons, there's been the gag about trying to take a picture of Bart, and he's just constantly making faces, and that was a that was a whole thing. So uh, everybody, I didn't write down what everybody was doing, but like Homer's drinking a beer, and Lisa's both Lisa's are reading books, and both Bart's are making faces, and there's a whole bunch of stuff going on. So there was that. Um, yeah, it was a, it was pretty good. There was some good bits. It was short. Like I feel like it wasn't long enough to have enough jokes in it to give it that high of a score um but it was pretty good and of course it's a it's a direct copy of the others with um nicole kidman which i was reading the plot to today and it's that's that seems like a pretty weird movie i might want to watch that (laughs) um and uh yeah so it's pretty good i give it a 3.5 all right um I I love the married with children bit that you opened up with because I use, I love when they use that as a point of of, yeah. of reference of some part and the the, the uh, was it points up oh it's the uh, it's a frame of reference they use for the average American for the the uh, space shuttle one because uh, the flushing toilet and all that yeah but I, oh right yep um, the mouth on calling back the really almost hard to look at mouth animation they did in the Tracy Ullman show with Bart. I love that they did that again. I love the idea. I I like that because they don't shy away from the fact that there's a design change, but it was never had a spotlight this big, this big of a spotlight. They did a bit with it in the Troy McClure 138th anniversary episode anniversary special. Right. Right. Uh, But this was like, this was a, had its spotlight moment. So I was really cool. I thought that was really cool that they put this in there. And I love the ending with all the different characters, which you listed everything out on my list. And, uh, I, I gave it a 3.5 as well too. I, I, this was another, another fun one. Yeah, I would agree. This, this is, just a really fun episode. Um, the married with children stuff is always great when they do it, when they, the, the, the switching of the, of their characters per TV channel is always great. That's just a great gag. And I love the Tracy Ullman show Simpsons. I, I, I remember watching them real, real young. And like, even before I was watching the Simpsons regularly and they're just so messed up. You know, I mean, I mean, there's some, it's just like really kind of twisted stuff that they were getting away with then and, and having them come back, you know, I mean, it's, it's kind of like having a TV show where you have one actor for the first season and then they replace him. And then you have the hundreds of seasons of success. And that one actor comes back as like vengeance. Um, It it was funny. It, It was definitely funny. Um, you know, the, they've done the, the gag with the alternate versions of them before, but, you know, it, it's it's always fun to see. So I, I would go with a three for this one. All right. Well, that was much more pleasant than our last episode to talk about. <laughs> yes. Yes. And we still have one more before we're done this run of this series, and it's a free pick. So I think we had another five strong... Episode, or, uh, segments to talk about coming up so 
That will be next week, and that's actually, I think, going to drop. It's going to be Halloween week, obviously, and that might drop on Halloween day. If not, it's going to be on the 30th, but it's damn close. I don't have the calendar in front of, in front of me, but it's uh, our wrap-up to the series, kind of wrapping up our Halloween celebration at Neo's As, and we'll talk more about that when we get to it. So let me just say thank you for listening. Thank you, guys, of course, for joining me again this episode. My pleasure. Oh, thank you. And we'll be back next week to wrap this all up. So let me say one more time. Thank you everyone for listening and I'll see you in the next episode.